They did it. Y'all know that sound. Nobody believed but us. That's why we call faithful. Nobody believed but us. Touchdown. You know that sound. Uh-huh. Tell me long. Let's go. Let's get it, baby. Breezy. Yeah. Out west is Patina when the style is so nitty. Breezy on the east and this flow is so gritty. Them boys stay hot, reppin' niners in they city. Take one, take two, take that like Diddy. Oh. Yeah. Nitty greedy, this that niners talk. Yeah. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty greedy, this that niners talk. We outline players up the chalk. Nitty greedy, this that niners talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty greedy, this that niners talk. Niners talk, nitty greedy, this that niners talk. Yo, what's going on, man? It's your boy Breezy. I'm back. Another episode. Nitty Gritty Niners. Special guest. Can't wait to get my man on. Listen, before we bring him in and do his grand introduction, let's go ahead and get through these formalities. I hope everybody out there is having a great lunch or a great afternoon, all right? Make sure you go to Facebook, like us, follow us, Nitty Gritty Niners. You know how we do. Also, follow us on Twitter. This week we do our live polls, post videos, and all that good stuff. Make sure you go to Nitty Gritty, the number nine. ERS. You can follow us on Twitter, also on Instagram at Nitty Gritty Niners, spelled all the way out. And subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. That's Nitty Gritty Niners. And while you're there, please hit that like button, smash it, flip it, smack it, rub it down. You know how we do. Just hit the thumbs up, man. We truly appreciate it. And go ahead and leave a comment. We'll get back to you very shortly. And to everyone listening to us on your podcasting, make sure you go to anchor.fm. That's your one stop shop for podcasting, by the way. You can get any streaming service on Anchor. FM, but my absolute favorite is Apple Podcasts. So when you go to Apple Podcasts, please make sure you subscribe and select the five stars. And I'll appreciate your comments there as well. You can also email nittygrittyniners at gmail.com. We got a lot of special guests that want to be on the show, do their little live mock drafts. Maybe we can get my man to do a live mock draft today. See where his how his brain works on the big board. I don't know. It's up to him. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, you know the man, you know, you know the guy. He's a great great friend of mine uh met him through nothing but niners it's been nothing but a friend it's funny because i was texting the last time i texted him i asked him for i asked him for something and he sent me the text and gave me the information and i never even used it because i didn't realize he even texted me back so that tells you how great of a friend he is i'm not going to tell you what he let me use but uh, nonetheless this guy's been there for me uh mr eric crocker are you ready baby yo 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 that's my guy, man. What's the scenario, fam? What's going on, dog? Oh man, just just chilling, man. Just chilling. Me, um, my wife, she in Vegas. She's been in Vegas for a few days with her friends partying and stuff. So it's just been me, and my baby girl here. So if you see a little girl walking around in the background, just just you know, act like you don't see her. <laughs> it's all good. She can get her five minutes of fame too, man. You know, we got to do something with the kids. Mike and I are thinking of doing uh, like a, a story time type of podcast with our kids, man, and just just read books to them and do things like that, man. And so if you want to get in, man, dads do. Doing things for their children, man. Do let let me know, man. We'll get down. For sure, yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Everybody's probably wanting to know why is Eric on the show. Well, I asked him. I said, look, I want you 
to teach the world, like, you know, how to watch film, like how to break down film. What are some of the things you're looking for? So this is like a study session. Now, I'm not going to pull up anything live. You can kind of give people some of your, you know, secret insider tips on what it is you do when you watch film. Because I know you watch tons of film and you, you're breaking down like every position. You got your crop report out and you're going through the quarterbacks. And we'll save that to the very end because I know you have some quarterback, you know, ones you do like. So we'll save that to the very end. But um, I hope all is going well with you, man. You're home alone with the baby. Wife is having a good time. I heard you on the Strike and Go podcast. <laughs> and uh, my man was like, you know, don't ask her what she did in Vegas. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I was like, hold on. <laughs> he was like, man, hey, as long as you're having a good time, I don't ask. You know, <laughs> you know hey, I, I believe in women, you know, especially moms. You know, my wife is my, my wife is a full-time wife, full-time mom. You know what I'm saying? She goes to school, you know, nursing program, all that. And I, I just believe sometimes they need some time to themselves, you know? They did, they did. So anytime my wife, you know, has something come up where her friends invite her somewhere or they want to do this, that, and the other, it's like, man, go ahead. You know, I'll hold yeah, up yeah. work. So, um, yeah, you know, women, they, you know, they, they need their time because they, they, they are so accustomed to catering to their husbands and their family and, and their families. So, that's yeah, funny. I, that's always that. been my, my thing where anytime something comes up with my wife where her friends are doing something, I strongly encourage her. Like, just go. And you don't need me. We do a lot of things together as well. Oh, you absolutely. don't need me to do every single thing. Like, go have fun with your friends. So Yeah, I yeah. totally agree, man. It's funny because my wife, uh, she's from the West Coast, right? So she's from she's from Cali, from Northern Cal. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll be like, honey, if you want to go home, no, I got Rome. I got the, I got, we, we good. I don't think she trusts me because <laughs> he has allergies and things. And I look, so, so the other day, right. Um, he asked me for some cereal. Right. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so I got him some cereal and I poured the milk. He was like, nah, dad, that's not, that's not my milk. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> And so I have oat milk and he has the regular whole milk, but they yeah. come in the same carton, like same color, yeah. same everything. And so he's like, nah, dad, that's not it. I was like, you can read? He just knew it wasn't his milk. So my son is very conscious of what's going on in the world with his allergies. And I don't think my wife wants to leave me alone with him because, uh, yeah. So, um... Hey, when if she's ready, if she wants to do anything, she has my blessing. She's uh, she's a state, you know, not stay home mom, but she takes care of my son very well. Very great mom, and she needs time. And so I'd be like, babe, go do your thing. Do your and thing. Then, uh, yeah, just go do your thing, man. All right, man, that's cool. Uh, so let's talk about positions, right? And um, when you're watching film, uh, you know, you're you're a former cornerback. I know you like to break down cornerbacks. Whenever I talk about cornerbacks, I'll be like, there's a guy I like. And then you'll start telling me about, yeah, but does his hips do this? And does his foot? I'm like, oh, I got to watch all that? Nah, man. <laughs> that's, that's not, no. I just, he made a play. And so yeah. let's talk about that position. Because for the 49ers, you're definitely going to need to do some things in replenishing that secondary. And that's something I want to focus on. Uh, I know we brought back a lot of our guys, right? And so we got guys back, but they're like on a lot of one-year deals. What are we going to be doing looking going forward? What are your thoughts about going forward? Whether the draft, any free agents out there you still think they might try to bring in? Who fits this team? I, I think moving forward, you know, and I've been like one of the people that's like, nah, like, you know, in the last few years, like, nah, I don't think the 49ers are addressing corner in this draft class. And everybody's like, you're crazy. Like, they have to. And it's like, when you just kind of look up, look at how they set, they're setting themselves up, they really didn't have that type of opportunity. And you had to see certain things play out. So, Say like last year where a lot of people probably thought like 
49 on shit, but you know, go cornerback at some point. And I was like, no, I, I don't think they're gonna go corner. Kind of want to see like, okay, well, what's he gonna be going into this last year? Uh, you had Emmanuel Mosley who had took over, and then they brought Witherspoon back, then he took over again, and it's like, all right, well, can he be that guy moving forward? And then you have um Richard Sherman, who is like, well, no matter what, Richard Sherman is starting. So I just didn't look at it like, hey, I, I can't see them bringing in a rookie to a situation to where it's like, especially drafting them high, where it's like, you're drafting a guy high, you're expecting him to play. So are you going to come in and have someone play over Witherspoon where you're seeing, you know, up and down, but he can play and let's see what happens. Are you going to bring in a rookie and have him play over Mosley where it's like, okay, like he played well, looked like a starter. I, I just thought they have those two guys battled out and you have, already have Sherman on the other side. And then, you know, obviously um, Jason uh, Verrett, you know, he played. So from that standpoint, I just didn't see the need to really draft corner, even though I knew what was coming up. And it was a big time need at corner because I knew there would be like a quote unquote max exodus at the position. Um, this year, I think you definitely have to put a lot of resources into the cornerback position. Now, obviously, um, you know, it's not going to happen in the first round. But if the 49ers didn't trade up and weren't going quarterback, I would say, yeah, like, go ahead and put those resources towards the cornerback in the first round. You know, I don't think they're going to do it. Obviously, they're going to draft cornerback. I mean, quarterback. Now, second round, third round, I think there are a lot of people that look at, like, team needs and just say, well, you you got to you gotta go corner in the second round. You got to do this. And my thing is... Talk to like, him. Talk to him. No, you you don't have to. Like, you, you yes, you have to address the position, but you have to, especially second round, third round, you know, just day two in general, and even moving forward, like, you have the whole draft to address different positions and needs. Let's look at what's our big board. And if I have this other position higher on my big board, then I'm going to take him over this quote-unquote need. I'm not going to force a need at this spot just because that's a position that I want to build on. You know what I'm saying? So now if the if the value meets the need, then yes, you prioritize the cornerback position. So I'd say for sure if it's me day two, at some point I'm taking a cornerback, uh, whether it's second round, whether it's third round, we'll see exactly how they address that position. So some of the guys, all right, so if, if you haven't been following what I'm thinking with my draft board, like, depending on who's available, like, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a wide receiver. And I know we got Debo Samuel, and I know we have Brendan Ayuk, but the other, what, 10, we got 12. So the other 10 guys, I'm not really too sure on, and I really think the 49ers can find a slot guy, you know, or, like, if they're available at that in the second round. I know they can find some later on in the draft, but I think they can find a slot wide receiver. What are your thoughts about taking a wide receiver? Let's say if a Rondell Moore or an Elijah Moore is available round two at pick 43. Yeah, so I, I think that's a great question. And that's why, like, you know, when people talk about cornerback being a need and you have to get a corner in the second round, it's like, no, if I have a receiver higher on my board than that cornerback, then I'm going receiver, you know? <laughs> like, so, you know, from that standpoint, yeah, like, you know, a guy like Rondell Moore who – it's pretty much a need that the 49ers have. Now, I don't know exactly how Kyle wants to address the position. We've right. seen it before where he does just take a guy that's purely a slot, right? He drafted Trent Taylor in like the fifth round or sixth round or whatever that was. So Trent Taylor was somebody where he ain't playing outside. You know, now, since then, I feel like most of the guys that he's gotten have been more guys that are versatile, that can play yep. inside and outside. Yep. If you get Rondell Moore, I don't know if he's an outside guy. I mean, he's only five foot seven, 
And when you're short like that, you know, it just makes the target area much smaller, you know? So when you're on the outside, you like somebody that either, you know, is running by people and has more of a, a you know, he creates a, a ton of more separation, which I think he can do. But even then at 5'7", going up against corners that are like 6'1", you're still area to where you can kind of like miss. Your room for error shrinks dramatic dramatically. Like Just now you can have high. a you can have a five nine guy, you can have a five ten guy, but once you start kind of getting shorter than that and still expecting the guy to consistently be able to win on the outside, I think that's a tough ask. So he's you know, Kyle has wanted his receivers to be a little bit more versatile. I think Rondell Moore, I think Elijah Moore, those are guys that would be just purely slot type guys where if you kind of look at the way they've done things, Debo Samuel, he plays outside, plays in the slot. Brandon Ayuk plays outside, plays in the slot. They got Muhammad Sanu, he plays outside, plays in the slot. Like all these guys are versatile. Look, shoot, Jalen Hurd, he plays outside, plays in the slot. So all these other guys have been more versatile. I, I could see them getting more of a pure slot guy, but then when you have all your guys in at one time, when you have Debo, you have Ayu, you have more, you have, you know, I think it kind of pigeonholes you to kind of having a specific, you, you'd have to have a specific game plan for that guy. So we'll, we'll see. I, I I could see them do it. And if that were the case, I would take Rondell Moore mm-hmm. um, just because I like his explosiveness and drop running. I think he plays uh, bigger than what his actual like height is. I think he's more of a pure receiver and separator than what I've seen from uh, Elijah Moore. I think he plays faster than Moore too. I think you can watch like a highlight and see Elijah Moore outrun somebody or something like that. But when you just watch him from like a play-to-play basis, he wasn't someone that I saw just really threaten the guy with his speed consistently every play. Okay, and then you're not worried about his injury history, so that doesn't. That doesn't That's factor. another thing. So the tough thing with me and how I kind of evaluate the film. I go strictly off the of film. I, I don't know anything about the the medicals and how something checks out and what could be lingering long term and stuff like that. Some of the stuff might scare me, like Farley with his back injury. Like that scares me. There's been multiple back injuries now, I guess, um, and he's had some other injuries as well. So that those type of things would definitely scare me, just because I know, like, damn, back that's scary. Neck, you know, stuff like that's a little scary. But uh, overall, like. It's hard for me to factor in like the medical stuff because I just don't, I don't know what the the medical people are saying about certain injuries. Right. No, I got you. One hundred percent. So uh, let's talk. We're talking wide receivers, so let's stick with the wide receivers. So when you're looking at film for wide receivers, like give us like five things you look for. If there are five things, what are the five things you're looking for? I know there's route running, but what are you really looking at when you watch wide receivers on tape? I think everything kind of, for me, kind of comes back to consistency. But, like, I think the first things that I'm looking for to, to identify right away is just how does this player win? So that, gotcha. that's the first thing. Because everybody wins different. You know, some guys are going to win with speed. There's somebody got, some guys are going to win with routes. There are some guys that are going to win with size. You have to identify how this guy wins and how that works into what you're looking for from your players. So that's the first thing I look for. Like, how does this guy win? And then if you can win in multiple ways, great, right? But some guys... Right. They win a certain way, and excuse me, and that's how they consistently have to win, right? So I look for how does he win? You know, how versatile is he? Uh, you know, from that standpoint, where is he lining up? Does he have the ability to line up in multiple spots? I'll look at that. Then I'll just start looking at just like nitpicking, right? So like the how he wins, that's more of a broad scale type thing. I'll start nitpicking like their movements, you know, how how much does he threaten the cornerback? Like, can he get outside the corner's frame? Is he threatening got the corner vertically? You know, is he a deep ball threat? If he is, how does he win vertically? Because I think everybody just thinks, oh, you got to be a speedster to be a deep ball threat. Like, no, 
there are guys that can win on deep balls with their size. You know, it doesn't always have to be speed. You just have to be able to win vertically um, however you do. So I'll look, can you do it several different ways? Like a Diami Brown, where Diami Brown, I think he wins vertically several ways, whether it's with pure speed, being able to run by guys, whether it's with nuanced things, running half steps and getting guys to stop studying their feet while he continues, starts to go again, create separation that way. I think he understands a really good job of uh, uh, leverage with the corners and being able to get them to speed turn and do those type of things. Um, so, you know, you just kind of want to see. And then he also uses his speed sometimes to get the corner to open up and then he sits his routes down. Then also off of that, he does a great job of, okay, I, I sat down, that guy kept going up, but let me work back to the ball. That's the quarterback, quarterback's best friend. So, you know, just to kind of be able to do, I'm trying to identify those things. Like, how does he win? And then see how consistent is it. And, and that's why, like, I'm one, I don't watch highlights. I, I, right. can't, I, I don't see... I can't tell you the last time I watched a highlight of any of these prospects coming out because I think highlights lie. Now, most people, if you don't have access to all 22 and stuff like that, and most casual fans, if you just want to know what somebody looks like and what the upside of them, them are, the like, right, it's great to watch highlights. But for me, being more of a, you know someone that people look to for you know talent evaluating and stuff like that, I have to be more clear-minded when I'm watching and um, I just try to figure out exactly who this player is on a consistent basis. I could see somebody win with speed here and there, right? Henry, Henry Ruggs. He was right. somebody, if you just turned on the highlights, Ruggs looks amazing. The one you thing I noted with, with Ruggs was, well, damn, like, he doesn't consistently win with his speed. So if your main threat is speed, but you're not consistently winning throughout your routes with speed, then what am I, what are you, right? That, like, that's how you win. I'm identifying how you win. That's how you win, but you're not winning like that consistently. So then, you know, now, can he, does he have the ability? That's the next part, right? Do they, does this player have the ability to improve on those type of things? And that's another thing you want to identify, right? So say like um, a player who is bad with releases, right? You'll look like, oh, well, his releases are bad and he doesn't have good separation. Well, you want to start to look at, well, does he have the ability to get better at the line of scrimmage, right? Like, or is it something right. that he just can't change about himself? Is he too stiff or is he not quick enough? Or does, does is he not elusive enough? Is, is, you know, are his hips too tight? So you want to look at um, those type of things to kind of see, like, does he have the ability to build on whatever his weakness is? Can he just go and train for an offseason, work on those things, and next thing you know, you have a totally new player. Um, those are the type of things. And then you have to project how that looks going to the, the, the NFL. And, you know, those are things you want to identify as well. So I know I said a bunch of things. I hope you're... Uh, no, I got it. Because for, the first thing, can they win? And then how's how they win and how consistent do they win? Like that's kind of yeah. how I'm, how you got it putting it. It's not just with speed. It's Everybody not just wins differently. Differently. And there are some guys that can win multiple ways. And you just have to identify how that person wins with what you want in your offense. You know, it's crazy you said that because when you started talking about Henry Ruggs, and I know a lot of comparisons uh to him was his speed with with Tyreek Hill. But when you compare them as wide receivers, they're two different receivers. They're not bro. the same. Tyreek the Hill. Same. Well, he he competes. He goes up and gets balls. I mean, I mean, he can out jump six three guys. Like, well, hold like, on. So, so no, Rugs Rugs can give you some of that. Like he, okay. I think he's really good at contested catches and stuff like that. But what his issue was, he can have times where he kind of disappears. Unless you have a a plan to where it's like, well, I'm just going to use him like this. Well, at, you know, like Ted Ginn, well, at that point, right. he's just more of a just, oh, I'm just going to send him on vert. Vert, right. vert corrupts. Like, yep. you know, where Terry yep. Hill, this is the biggest difference. Terry Hill, his start stop is amazing. 
his ability to use his speed as a threat consistently to get guys turned around, to get on guys' toes, sit down deep routes, to um, be able to catch the ball, turn, and really just be more of a jitterbug in space. Be a guy where you can just get him the ball on screens or on little things and him be able to use his agility and size uh, motion, like those type of things. Henry Ruggs wasn't so much that because he's more of a strider. He's more of a long strider. Yes, sir. So, like, Jalen Waddle, he's more, like, he's probably the closest thing I've seen to Tariq Hill because of the way he's not only can he win vertically with his speed and pure speed Ooh. and like that and catch and make those catches at the catch point and jump over people and stuff, but also... He's more of a jitterbug as well, where you can just give him the ball. He can make multiple guys miss in a row and, and then stop get a bagger. And and, yeah, his stopping goal is crazy. And he's able to utilize that in routes. I think the one difference with him is, well, not difference, but the one thing he needs to work on is um, just, I don't want to say creating separation, but just getting guys' hands off him. I think he's so fast. He's so used to just using his speed to do everything, where I think he can do a little bit more setting guys up. But he has all the ability to do it. Just if he, you know, just depends on if he's going to work on that. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's crazy that you mentioned that. And so I only brought up Tyree Hill because, like, I, when I watch him, he's just a phenomenal guy, like a phenomenal receiver, playmaker. That stop and go thing. That that's what he did to the 49ers in that Super Bowl. He yeah. ran that route. He stopped the the ball was gonna be. I looked like it was about to be. It was underthrown or whatever. It was severely underthrown. And he stopped his route, came back, juked Jimmy Ward, faked mostly, and came back and caught the ball at the catcher point. And so that's what makes him a great receiver. You have a question right here. It says, uh, "Is it Malduces? I hope I've said it right." Croc took it took solid three years to get his players for his scheme. Three years. So losing uh one year BBs in the future. How difficult for D'Amico will it be in your opinion? How difficult would it be for D'Amico? Um, well, one, I, I'll have a little pushback as far as like Robert Sala. I think everybody looks at it like that. We're like, oh, 2017 wasn't great. 2018 wasn't great. 2019, boom, number one defense in the league. I think at the end of the day, he just needed some difference makers. If you really go back and look at those early years, 2017, obviously, it was a little up and down, but you could start to see the defense clicking towards the end of the year. The next year, the defense was it was a top 12 defense, but they couldn't force any takeaways. Right. And that was a big issue. You know, mama, you got to turn that down. Go ahead. <laughs> Too cute. All right. So um, he uh, they didn't force any takeaways. That was the biggest issue. And the reason why they didn't uh, force any takeaways, they didn't, they didn't have, have playmakers. the playmakers like yeah. that to finish on the defensive line. So once they got that, that's why you see the biggest and then I mean just a lot of it just luck where oh we go get D4. Oh we go get you know we get Nick Bosa. Yeah. Um and then that made a big difference. But this the the defense wasn't bad the year before. They just couldn't get takeaways. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So so to kind of build on to go back to D'Amico Ryan, I think a lot of times it does take time to get guys that kind of understand and that's why maybe they brought in guys that maybe will make that transition a little smoother but I think you still got to go out I think they're I think they're in a good place right now where they have most of the defense that's going to be kind of locked up for a while as far as like the long-term guys like you have your core pieces now it's just can I get a couple of these draft picks coming here and make some type of you know contributions and then build on that nice nice my man Callie wants to know what are your thoughts about you know running backs in the draft and so like Kenny Gainwell uh out of Memphis I believe like, what are your thoughts on him coming in? Do, do you see Kyle Shanahan? I mean, I don't see Kyle Shanahan drafting a running back because he hasn't had to. Um, but he has that luxury, too, with nine picks. You have you can draft a running back, and there's some guys you can hit on 
what are you what are your thoughts about Kenneth Gainwell? So I haven't watched any running backs. Like I've been like <laughs> trying to build a, a Patreon account, trying to build the YouTube, all those I things. I don't know. I, I don't. Um, it's been you know, and then on top of that, like watching film and all that, it's been a little tough for me to get into running backs. I kind of stick to more of what I know because I can speak that language yes, with sir. the receivers and the corners. But as far as the running back position and how the 49ers might address it, this is just kind of my vision on it. Um, I look at it as they have the two guys. Right, you got you got Wilson and you got and you Mostert. got and you got yeah. Mostert. And I feel like that's a terrific one two punch. And I think in a pinch, I think you're fine with Jamichael Hastings. Now, could they look at it and say, Well, we want a guy that we feel like is more of a long term guy? Yeah, but I just don't think that I don't I don't think I, I would take more of a flyer this year on a guy than I would put a lot of resources into a guy. Because again, you if you draft a guy first round, second round, third round, especially a running back, you're expecting that guy to play. Mm-hmm. But why would I just want to replace Mostert and Wilson when when those guys are healthy, they play extremely well. So I would go more of the route like, uh, I would go more of the route of maybe drafting the guy fifth round, sixth round, that there's no pressure to get that guy on the field and playing right now. We'll see if you can unseat Jermichael Hasty. And hey, maybe you have the ability in the end to be a long-term guy, right? I mean, they found all these diamond and the rough guys, undrafted guys. So yeah. maybe you have the ability, but when you the higher you draft the guy, the more pressure it is to get that guy on the field right now. And I, I couldn't see just wanting to just have somebody have to come in and play over Mostert and Jeff Wilson. You know, I, I just, I, I think those guys are, I think that's a solid one-two punch there. Great, great one-two punch. Now, you broke down the wide receivers. You told us that it starts with how how, how much they like to win. Like, how can they win from the line of scrimmage? How how consistent they are they? Let's flip it. Let's flip it real quick. Now, let's talk about the DBs, the, the cornerbacks. And so, what are some of the things you look for in cornerbacks? So, because I play corner, that really helps me, for the most part, evaluate receivers and defensive backs. Um, I think somebody was giving me a hard time about some of my rankings or whatever. I'm like, man, I might be done with rankings because the rankings don't mean anything. That's just for they fans. Mean nothing. Yeah. It might be somebody I like more or whatever, but it, it doesn't mean anything about how this player is going to turn out. So if you look at my evaluations of guys, I think from that standpoint, I can pound my chest a little bit because I, I typically have a really good idea of what this player is and how his game translates to the NFL. A lot of it, I use myself as kind of a starting point and I kind of build off of that, right? So, okay, uh, you know, when I was playing, I was about close to six foot two, 195 to 200 pound cornerback, right? So I was a bigger corner. Um, I was more of a four, five, five speed type guy, right? So I wasn't, I didn't have like ideal speed. I can look at myself and and then watch film and understand the things that, well, one, I use me as a gauge of, okay, I know this, I struggled with this, I struggled with this, I was good at this, this type of receiver gave me problems, this type of receiver was easy based on my skill set, right? So then I look at the play, the corners, and then I start to take those type of things into account. What I wished I could do, things that are more difficult to be able to do, right? Like maybe it's something they do with their feet or their hips or they being able to open up the way they're able to react in space. Um, things that I know, like, damn, I couldn't do that. Or, okay, I could do that, but why did he do that? You know, like, it just all starts to kind of make sense. And it's kind of like that... That meme of the guy from uh, uh, The Hangover, where it's all the little, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, all the math stuff going over the place. Yeah, like, that's what it's yeah. like when I'm watching the film on corners and receivers, because I'm just visualizing all, I see it all and I'm piecing it all together. <laughs> and it just kind of tells me like, okay, this guy might struggle with this, right? Everybody looks at Devontae Smith. 
and they're like, hey, Devontae Smith, how's he going to play at the NFL level? He's so skinny. He's so small, right? But it's like, well, I'm here to tell you as somebody that was a big corner, that was physical, that was pretty good at playing scrimmage, the Devontae Smiths of the world are the hardest guys to be able to get hands on at the line of scrimmage. Those wow. are the most difficult guys because wow. they're quicker, they're more elusive, they're more shifty. He does a good job getting skinny. And if you try really hard to get your hands on, then you end up a lot of times stopping your feet, locking your hips, and by the time you react, now you're in uh, what we call, or what I call, you're in chase mode. And when you're in chase mode, your clock gets sped up in your head. Now you're, all your technique goes out the window. You're just chasing. And if he sits it down, that's when you see corners continue to go upfield because they're in more of a chase mode and not comfortable in reading this guy down. So those type of receivers like him, they speed your clock up more. Whereas other people is like, well, a big guy at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, I'm more Knock likely to get route. I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm more likely to get my hands on a bigger receiver at the line of scrimmage and be able to run with them um, than I am a smaller guy. And a lot of people, they don't understand that part. Those smaller guys, especially when the bigger the corner is, like for just think about how your bodies are made up. For every one stride, for me, right, if we're just going straight line, for every one stride that I take or two strides, this dude might have to take three or four strides. But now when it comes to being able to change directions and move, now for every two steps, I've maybe taken one. So by the time he right. puts his second foot in the ground, I'm still trying to recover with the other step and he's going, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So those things are really difficult. So with a lot of those guys, you really have to do more of using your feet before your hands to get in position. And then from there, yeah, I, I might be able to get hands on, but you know, depending on the receiver, he might be crafty, he might not. So then you have to just look at, and that's why I tell people, you know, I don't look at height, weight, and all that type of stuff before I evaluate a prospect. I let the film do all the talking for me, do all the note taking for me. I take all my notes based off the film. So if the film doesn't tell me that his size, his height or weight or whatever is an issue, then it's not an issue. Now, if the film tells me, hey, like Hollywood Brown, I wasn't as high on him. It wasn't about his size or whatever. It was just, hey, when guys get hands on him, they throw him down. He's fumbling the ball. When he's up in the air, he goes up to catch the ball. They slam him down. He drops the ball. Or it's like, well, I need him to play a little bit bigger, uh, you know, especially when you're somebody that is a smaller guy. Like, But the film told me that. I, it wasn't a projection because of, well, he is, he's, you know, he's only whatever he is, 5'10", 175 pounds, so he's going to struggle. Like, mm -hmm. no, he's going to struggle because his film said that he's, he's going to struggle. See, I you know what I'm saying? Not the weight. So that's kind of how I go about those things. That, that, that makes perfect sense, too, bro. Like, because it, it's funny. So when I'm watching film, you know, it's it's hard not to. I mean, you got to watch the game. You got to watch the All-22, which is dumb, boring. Like, people, like, there's no sound effects. It's just, it's just camera actions, angles, you know, things that are going down. So, like, kudos to you guys that do that, like, that really sit there and break down the film. You guys have a gift. That's a gift. That's not something for just it's the a, average It's person. an obsession. Okay. It's an obsession and a, and a passion. So, you know, it's, it's like, for me, it's, it's, it's something that I, I, I've enjoyed to do. And, you know, like, you know how much you love doing something if if you do it for free and yeah. for years i was you know or a couple years i was breaking down film just breaking down film writing stuff because it's just a passion of mine now my wife was like look 
you spend a lot of hours doing this stuff. You better make some money off of it. So I'm like, all right. So I ended up creating a Patreon. And I make money off my Patreon account. Listen, now I get paid to do these breakdowns. But. We need to t- tell people like how to go to your Patreon account and subscribe and and pay for your you know the, the, the stuff that you do, man. This is what you do for a living. So they need to uh to know about that. Also, I did hear you talking about something. You buying? Is it? A, is it? Are you doing another gym? Like what? You buying space to do something? Tell everybody about that, man. Because I heard it on the Strike and Gold podcast. You're getting some new space to do something what's going on oh yeah so one thank thank you for uh you know listening to this track and go you know podcast you know me and rob we we have a lot of fun with that um uh, uh, aside from that like i got so i got my patreon account where all you know everything that y'all want to know about receivers and cornerbacks as far as like prospects um i do a lot of breaking down i mean i just did like elijah griffin i just posted him this morning a cornerback out of usc um so um I break it down. I mean, his breakdown is like 12 minutes long. I show videos and all that type of stuff. Um, you get to see like the pure example. So it's not like just somebody just talking, you right. know, like, oh, well, I think this about this guy and this, that, and the other. It's like, no, I'm showing you. Yeah. Uh, in you go to work. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so I do all that. I do have like uh, a tier for 49er fans specific. So I have, so if you just go there right now, patreon.com slash crop talk, you'll see three different tiers where there's like a $3 tier, which you don't really get much. Then there's a $10 tier, which you get everything. Then there's a $20 tier. But for 49er fans, I if if there are people that DM me and say, hey, I want access to the 49er tier, I open it up. It's just $3, but you just get everything that the $10 tier gets. All right, stop right there. Did you hear what he just said, everybody? He said, listen, if you're a 49er fan and and you really want to support him on his Patreon account, he has a special for 49er fans. You got to DM him, right? That's how you get in touch with him. DM me and I'll open it up. You'll open it up so you can get the stuff that we're talking about. Listen, I didn't expect him to come on here and and break down how this person. No, he he gave y'all some insight on how he addresses corners and wide receivers. He said, look, these are some of the things I'm looking for. But guess what? He has specific breakdowns on players. So if you want to know about a player like Trill Williams, because I'm going to ask you about Trill because I like Trill. I I haven't done into Trill, but I've, I've glanced at him. I do have an idea of what he is and some of the things where I know people are high on him. Um, there were some things that I saw initially that was concerning, but I haven't dug deep enough to get a, like detailed analysis on them. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post the info. What you what you can do is send me the info. I'll post it in here. Right. Actually, I'm going to let you talk and I'm going to type it up in here while you do that. Right. So you right. said go to Croc Talk. What is it? No, it's uh, pat- patreon.com slash Croc Talk. You know, I don't know how to spell Patreon, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah, dot right. com slash crop talk. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd have to open it up and I can, um, if you guys want to do it now or whatever, just let me know. I'll open it up. I don't keep it up because, you know, is they 49 fans, you guys get access to everything that. Did I get uh, that right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. So, we gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to. Yeah. Right there. All right. So that's so, it right there, guys. Go to www.patreon, patreon.com, backslash croc talk. And then uh, if you want to get in there, make sure you send them a DM. I'll, to I'll his- open it up right now to everybody since you guys All right. are already here. Let's and, do it, um, man. So one thing I love about the faithful, bro, they support, man. When you when 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 you're talking stuff, when you talk to people like this on these levels, man, they feel like you're a part of them, man. And they and they support, man. I'll tell you right now, everyone in here, man, they they are very supportive, man. So 
I, I truly appreciate everybody that's tuning in right now, man. All right. So what I want to know from you. Um, all right. Yeah, it's, it's up for anybody that wants to go in there right now. So all right. It's, 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 tier. it's like three bucks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's three dollars, y'all. Three. Uh, matter of fact, let me let me do it, too. See, I'm going to do it just because I'm a support. But I ain't going to watch it because I, I don't. Like, yeah, that's not. It's I'm not different. Thing, it's not, it's not, my, thing, pa- it's not my thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But and I, and it, it, even more so than uh, just like film breakdown and stuff like that. Like I have like a podcast like specifically for that. Or like oh, I've okay. had a mental like a mental health coach where she talks about like you know um, kind of what the players are going through, like the the mental side of things, uh, wow. the anxiety that they or depression that they might be feeling and how to work through those things. So I've had them on there. Um, you know I have different little podcasts where I just have quick takes. Now I'm going more at least with the quick takes more the route of my YouTube channel that I just started up, mm-hmm. but uh, which is Croc Talk TV. So yeah, you guys check that out. But I know we didn't come on here to talk about me, but you know y'all. Oh no, 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 yes we did. Yes, did. I, yeah, yeah. It's a I don't pl- like talking about myself. You know, I, you know. I understand, bro. But it's a platform, man. Look, it's a platform, bro. Because this is this is how we grow, right? And so I'm glad you're able to hear, be on here to support you. This is how you do it. This is how you promote yourself, man. Keep yeah. doing what you do, bro. But listen, I just want to know. <sighs> Rounds two and three. Yeah. Give me your top cornerbacks. I mean, I know, and I know it's hard because you don't know who's going to be on the board. Uh, but give me, give me your top three corners and your top three uh, wide receivers. Not that that's not going to go in the first round. Like maybe, maybe All we'll right. do it. So, I think that's so. I, I'd say middle of the second round because they're, they're picking kind of. Pretty much, kind of middle of the second round. Yep. If I if I had to guess, I'd say I'd probably go re- receiver. That's probably where I'll go. And I think receiver is a big need for the 49ers. I think most people will look at it like, well, the 49ers have poured in a lot of resources into the receiver position, right? I mean, they've spent a lot of draft capital, but it's like, even then you look at this receiving core right now and it's like, you have pretty much the way they've kind of been used, a receiver and a half. You got IU, you got a half a receiver in Debo, right? Where you want to do more uh, things where you just kind of get the ball in the hands of Debo, but is Debo a pure receiver? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, but I think just when you see the way they utilize him, I think it would be nice to have IU another solid legit receiver and then be able to free up Debo to do all the little things that you want to do. Just get the ball in his hands, which they do a great job of. And he is a good receiver, but just, just to be able to use him in the different ways that they use him, it would be nice to have another legit receiver. So from, from that standpoint, I don't know if this guy's going to be there, but Diami Brown, like I love Diami Brown. I love his game. I I love the way he plays. UNC baby. Yeah. you, You look at, like Kendrick Bourne and what Kendrick Bourne brought to the Fortnite. I think Kendrick Bourne, I think losing Kendrick Bourne is a big loss. Oh, I talk about it, bro. Um, I, I think that's it. a big loss. For what he was, I think there were a lot of fans just because of the way he carried himself and the way people hated on him, it. like working out in the offseason and all that stuff, posting the workouts. Like, come on, man. But the one thing about Kendrick Bourne, he brought you consistency. quarterback posted his workouts. Okay. Right. He, he brought you consistency and he brought you the, like, well, I'm on the field and I'm good in my role. Was he a number one? Was he a wide receiver one? No. Was he a wide receiver two? No. But he's a legit third or fourth option. I thought he excelled in his role, what they asked him to do. So I do think losing him 
I think you lose a little bit there. So you're going to have to not only fill that void, but also fill the void of really needing more of a legit second receiver. So if it's me, I'm hoping a guy like Diami Brown is there because I think he brings you a lot of what Bourne. He's like a Kendrick Bourne on steroids, right? Okay. Their, their, their sizes aren't all, all too much off where Kendrick Bourne was 6'1", 200, which really... He's 200 pounds, but he doesn't look like he's 200 pounds. But um, doesn't right? They're doesn't. they're they're built the same, but we're talking about somebody that's much more explosive. And he, the thing, this is why he might slip. I don't know how these scouts are going to view him, but remember, you got to dig deep sometimes with these guys, and you can't just look at like what it looks like on the outside, right? And it looks like from the outside, well, he only runs a few routes, so a lot of people will probably assume that Tommy Brown can't run routes. It's like no, that's not true. He ran the same offense as. Uh, it's the same coordinator as DK Metcalf and AJ Brown had at Ole Miss. So they just don't ask him to do a whole lot. He runs like three routes. So I'd start looking at different movement skills, his feet, um, the little subtleties in his game. And once you see that, it's like, well, this guy, if he really, he reminds me of when I was watching him, I'm like, this is, this is like Devontae Adams. Like that's how yeah, he plays. He's I that type it. of receiver, but they don't utilize him that way. They didn't move him around. They didn't, they didn't uh, motion him down tight splits free him up, give him free releases, be able to attack guys different ways, run a variety of routes. They just didn't do those things, but he definitely has the ability. So I look at a guy like him, you put him in the 49ers offense, I think you're you're kind of really cooking with something, especially if you get one of these young guys that can really let, let it fly downfield. That's crazy because my boy Cali, man, he's been he's been like pushing Diami Brown. Like this is the guy 49ers should draft. I'm gonna I, look. I've been wanting to go slot. Like I just feel like the 49ers just need a slot guy. But I after listening to what you were saying, you know, maybe they they do like taking players that can kind of play multiple roles. You guys can go inside they can and outside. All, they can all do it. Like Ayuk can play in a slot. Debo can, can play, play in a slot. Exactly. And you have a, guy, a guy like Diami Brown. He can play there too. So I mean, at the end of the day, you just want guys. Can you win? Can you win a multiple? Ways I think now you add a guy like Diamond Brown, you add IU. Now you got two guys that can win downfield. Are they burners? No, not burners, but they're definitely guys that can win vertically. But they also give you everything underneath, and they definitely have enough size and all that. So I think Diamond Brown would probably be the better of the contested catch guys. Um, if you were the 49ers, so just him being like a a, a threat at every level of the field and really hasn't even tapped into what we like. If he was in an offense like Oh, I get what you're Alabama, saying. Alabama, yeah. LSU, it would have moving them around and you're doing all these different things. Yeah. You see, I think he would be viewed much higher on people, but he just went to this stale ass offense with UNC. So, so second round, that's I, if he's there, I'm taking him. Third round, I'm looking at a cornerback, and we'll see where. And this is a more of an upside pick. Whereas, like, well, I don't have to rush to play this guy, and I understand that this is going to be a process. But um, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky, we'll see where people like him. I'm not sure. Like, to me, it doesn't say first round film. I think he has, I think he has day, day one, for sure, day two abilities in the sense of like his body, his athletic ability, where he tested. He does all those things well. His film was a little inconsistent. I bet if you watch his highlight tapes, probably terrific. But when you just watch film, um, he had probably the worst eyes I've ever seen, like the worst eye discipline. But that's something that you can't fix if he just focuses in on it. So I would have to know, like, are you a hard worker? And right. if he is, if he fixes his eyes, he, he could be good everywhere else. His eyes were just so bad, and it made him inconsistent in every other part of his game, whether it's zones, 
and understanding where he's supposed to be, whether it's uh, playing man coverage, you know, whether it's uh, 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 press bill, um, you know, and at the top of his routes, instead of driving the receiver, he's looking at the quarterback and that slows him up. Those are the type of things I kind of identify with him, coachable things, but will he put in the work to fix those? And, and that's what people, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that, yeah, that's what's to be continued like that. So I have my eye on him uh, and my eye. Let's see if I had to pick. I I still have Trill Trill in the fourth round maybe fourth fourth or fourth round um that would be somewhere I would draft Trill I know you said you you had some things you wanted to talk about him on your um Patreon so I can't wait to see you do that breakdown uh but what about Tay Gowan out of UCF man that that's who I kind of have in my third round um what, what are your thoughts on him real quick so Tay Gowan and Trill Williams like both guys just just watching them, they don't have like the ideal movement skills that I typically covet. Now, so basically they're not as fluid as I would typically like, but they definitely both have the ability, like, you know, they're pretty, they're athletic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been wrong before, like say like a guy like Jalen Johnson. I wasn't as high on Jalen Johnson because, well, he's not my ideal movement skill type guy. But then he goes out and maybe has a better rookie year than most rookie corners. Like, I think he played better than all the first rounders. Um, I think wow. the only person that maybe Even played better from, than... Uh, Detroit? Yeah. Ibaka, uh, uh, what's his name? Akuda. Oh, oh. Akuda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played better than all those guys. And I think he even, he's up there with Snead, who played with the Chiefs. Wow. And he was a terrific first round guy. I mean, uh, uh, rookie cornerback. And he wasn't a first round pick. So, you know, you definitely can get a lot of value um, from these guys. And I think just looking at uh, Trill Williams, look, and, and the one thing I do like about Trill Williams, he played inside, played outside. I just outside. thought he was a little a little stiffer. Um, I just thought his movement skills were, weren't as sudden. But he, he could be somebody that proves me wrong, just like Jalen Johnson, who I wasn't as high on. And I would say the same thing about Tay Allen, who I, I like Tay Allen. I think he does some good things. It was a little tough watching him in UCF's uh, uh, defense because they just played so much off coverage. Mm-hmm. And it was a little safer. You know, that's why I really like watching, like, the SEC guys. Because in the SEC, they play so much man, so much man press. It's a lot easier to identify. You, yeah, you their, can see what... <laughs> yeah, you can just see it right away. Like, okay, they're good at this, they're good at that. And you know yeah. they're being challenged by the best receivers in the nation. When you yeah. watch UCF, there's going to be a lot more projection with what this corner could be. Because, one, they weren't challenged as much, played more off coverage. And then it's like, well, who are these receivers that he's going up against? Um, so, you know, that's another thing to kind of take into perspective. That makes perfect sense. Listen, man, we're going to get up out of here real soon. But you got one more question. Is As, as a DB, which quarterback? I, and now it's going to be my final question. Uh, he did put out his his uh, things on Croc Talk. So if you want to know about the quarterbacks, he has those out there. Uh, but he wants to know uh, which uh, quarterback process do you prospect do you think has the best ability to throw a receiver open? Love the question. Love the question. Um. So here's the hard thing. I, I think there's two ways to look at it because you, part of it is you have to ask what what this quarterback, well, like what was he asked to do? You know, you got to kind of take that into consideration, yep. Yep. right? And kind of who the player is. I think if you're just saying just in general, I would say I thought Mac Jones did a terrific job of that. Um, not just throwing guys open. Sometimes they'd be covered and he'd be on the same page with his receivers, with them kind of working back and him throwing it to a spot where they can make the play. I thought he did a terrific job of that. Now, you also can say, well, 
he had the best receivers in the nation. <laughs> so it was like, you know, Count me of, out. Course, of course it looks like that, you know, but I did think he did a good job with his placement of just kind of really throwing guys open or really just having those like anticipation throws. But we's all, we, and it's just going to look different. You can look at Justin Fields and maybe he doesn't throw a guy just open, but he throws the ball into areas that Mac Jones yeah. won't ever attempt to make this type of throw downfield because he doesn't have that type of arm. And he'll just drill the ball in there to where maybe the guy wasn't open or he didn't really just throw him open all the way. But it's like, I see him, boom, I'm super accurate. Ball's on him, he catches the ball. So ultimately, like, your uh, what you the result ends up being the same. It just looks a little different. Um, and then, you know, you watch him in the national championship where a, a ball was dropped, but he threw this... Um, he threw this uh, uh, back shoulder throw in the end zone where on that play, he definitely threw the receiver open and had him open up. I mean, it was a beautiful pass, beautiful throw. So, you know, he definitely can do it. I think a lot of what they did was a lot of option routes. So it was him kind of just, okay, let me see this guy get open or, you know, or which way is he going to go? Okay, he goes this way, boom, he's open. Now I just make the throw. It was more so what he was asked to do. So I think there will be a little bit of a transition for uh, Justin Fields in the sense of maybe having to throw guys open more. But when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he wasn't throwing guys open. Jimmy Garoppolo was accurate with his throws, but it was like, okay, it's a slant. Let me hit my guy with the slant and hit him in stride. He wasn't just like, I don't think I ever saw Jimmy Garoppolo throw like a back shoulder throw. You know, a lot of it was just the guy's open. Let me throw it. Boom. Catch it. And and, and and I think Jimmy did a good job of that. I think Fields can definitely be that type of guy and add more of an, uh, an explosive element to the 49ers game. All right, man. And if you want to know his thoughts on Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields, man, go out there. Trey and Lance check is out. the most pro ready, pro ready quarterback. I, I didn't want to say it, but and, they don't. And, I don't think they understand that they, they yeah, because of his accuracy and all these different things. They he's trying the most to throw pro out. ready. But I talked about that. So if you guys uh, subscribe to the YouTube, I got the YouTube channel. Um, yes, subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, that's it's just Crock Talk TV. Uh, you go on there and you'll see like I, I just started using it so you'll start to see some of the uh, some of the things some of my takes on I definitely have a take out there on uh, on I've gotten into Justin Fields some takes on him uh, definitely uh, Trey Lance I just talked about him being the most pro-ready quarterback and I kind of explained why so I'm definitely kind of you know getting those things up and going man yeah subscribe to all that y'all Crock Talk yeah, TV man. Man. Crock Talk TV y'all look it's up there I'm telling you look I, I watched them and I'm like yo finally like so there's a reason why I like Trey Lance and if you don't know but now I like Trey Lance over Justin Fields that does not mean he's better I just like right. him over Justin Fields because I just believe in what he will be able to do if coached under Kyle Shanahan. If that makes there's a lot of projection sense. with him, but I think he, you know, you, I think more so now than ever. First of all, there is no safe, there's no safe pick. Like oh, there's wow. no safe quarterback. Wow. I think everybody looks at it like, well, the only sure fire is Trevor Lawrence. Why is Trevor Lawrence a sure thing? Like what? Right. Why? Right. Like what does right. he do better? And what does he have more than anybody else in this class? Does does he have a bigger arm than any of the other guys? No. no. His arm isn't as big as Fields or Lance. Is he more athletic than other guys? No. no. Is he more accurate? No. He's more accurate than Lance, but he's not even more accurate than Mac Jones or Justin Fields. So it's like, is it uh, like I, I don't know? Then he comes on and he has these comments about, well, I don't need football and I can walk away tomorrow. Like what? If anybody else, if any of these other prospects said that. 
especially these brothers, they be killing them. So right. They they say that he's a sure thing. No, nobody is a sure thing. There's always, you know, could be ups and downs. I think a lot of it depends definitely on the situation that the guy goes to. Anybody that goes, if you if Fields gets drafted to the Jets, he's not in as great a situation as if it's Mac Jones going to the 49ers or if it's Zach Wilson and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of it definitely uh, depends on the situation the guy goes into. Um, the 49ers are probably the best situation for any of the top guys. And, and people will throw out a lot of stats, y'all, and, and I'll kind of end on this. They'll throw out a lot of stats of, well, this quarterback, you know, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. And all these first-round quarterbacks and anybody that traded up was like, typically guys picking in the top five are not good. The, the team, they're not good. They're right. bad situations. The poor right. coaching, all that. Yes. yes. 49ers are a unique situation. Other guys have traded up. You see Patrick Mahomes. You know, everybody sees how it's worked out. Patrick Mahomes wasn't this, oh, he's just a sure thing. No, they took a chance. They traded up. They put him in a great situation in Kansas City. Uh, uh, Officer coordinator had, that uh, worked more towards what his quarterback does extremely well. Really went away from a lot of just the pure West Coast offense uh, things that he does. And all of a sudden, he's the best quarterback in the league. Look at... Uh, Texans trading up for Deshaun Watson, right? Everybody looks at Deshaun Watson now had all these question marks coming out. There was a lot of, um, well, mm-hmm. arm velocity and he had turnover issues his last year and all this, that, and the other. Next thing you know, he's the 12th overall pick. Well, he goes to the Texans for however everybody thinks about Bill O'Brien. Like, he was good. He was going to the playoffs with, like, Brian Hoyer and, and uh, Osweiler and all these other guys he was going to the playoffs with. He got... His hands on Deshaun Watson, put him in a great situation with weapons and all that, where those weapons work well with what his uh, skill set was, and he's a top five quarterback in this league. So a lot of it it depends on like is this guy going to a great situation? And the 49ers, no matter who they take, they're going to a better situation than the other guys. Yeah, man, I and listen, Rod. I truly appreciate you being on, man. You getting nothing but love up here. Miss Deb says, "Look, I've signed up. This is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of her day when she gets off of work. Yeah. She's going to be." I appreciate that, that Miss Debbie. Down. I appreciate watch, that for real. Watch the film, man. Yo, Croc, man. I appreciate this, man. Thank you so much for being on this platform. Something that I've started, man. Uh, I just, I just like getting down to nitty gritty when it comes to things. I know you know my my animation and my energy, and so this is the first time I think you out energized me but it's cool uh when we get back on nothing but niners i'm gonna be on a hundred you know, you know what i'm saying yeah 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 but man i yeah. appreciate I knew you it. i said i'm going on breezy's youtube i gotta bring the energy <laughs> yo i yo i'm sitting here like this Yep. I'm just, like trying to take notes. Like, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And yeah, so, man, listen, I appreciate you. Thank your daughter, too, as well, for giving us this time, allowing you to be on here. Everybody out there that was tuned in, thank y'all so much for joining us on Gritty Niners Talk. You know what we do. We keep it nitty. We keep it gritty. Most importantly, we stay faithful. We out this joint. Peace. They did it. Y'all know that sound. Nobody believed but us. That's why we call faithful. Nobody believed but us. That's that. You know that sound. Uh-huh. Tell me along. Let's go. Oh, oh, <laughs> Let's get it, baby. Breezy. Yeah. Out west is Patina when the style is so nitty. Breezy on the east and this flow is so gritty. You boys stay hot. Rapping Niners in they city. Take one, take two. Take that like Diddy. Oh. Yeah. Nitty greedy, this that Niners talk. Yeah. You don't yeah. like it, better take a walk. Nitty gritty, this that Niners talk. We outline players up the chalk. 
Nitty gritty is that honest talk. You don't like it, better take a walk. Nitty gritty is that honest talk. Not as talk, nitty gritty is that honest talk.